tired. So tired. Overtired. Hello, you're listening to Overtired. I'm Brett Terpstra, and she's Christina Warren, and I just nailed that intro. How's it going, Christina? You just nailed it. I'm so excited for you. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. It is, uh, I was. I said, like, when we were talking pre-show, it's, it's the last day of uh, school, meaning it's the last day of, like, the hellish, like, four years we've just spent. We're about to graduate into something better, hopefully. Yeah, and the seniors are totally dissing the the freshmen. Completely, completely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was an illusion for anybody out there. This is as we're recording this is the last day of the Trump administration, um, which uh, knock on wood, and I'm literally knocking on wood because <laughs> we I I don't want to tempt fate. Yeah. But it does seem like we somehow. Barely, and I do mean barely, got out of this um, without like nuclear apocalypse. It, it does feel like a close call. Uh, where are we at with like the violence predictions right now? Uh, the FBI and people are on it. So I think that there are still some predictions, but I don't think, I think at this point, a lot of people are spooked if that makes any sense yeah like i'm not expecting there to be a huge anti-protest on wednesday but i don't think anybody knows and the only reason i'm not expecting that is because they literally have um police officers going and getting riot gear and stuff from hotel lobbies in dc like don't they have like tens not- of thousands of national guard troops deployed in dc now exactly exactly it's like oh it only took an insurgency for you to actually, you know, listen to what these people are saying that they're going to do and 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 beefing up security around this stuff. It only took that. Um, so so I feel like, like I, the, to me, it's damning with fa- with faint praise. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's kind of like the TSA is a terrible institution, but it took nine eleven for airports to actually like do anything about security. You know. Yeah, to like, to at least have some security theater, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, and and in some cases they have actually caught people. Like, I don't think enough to like uh, be able to to justify some of the more egregious TSA rules. Having said that, like other countries have taken on stuff too, and and yeah, at least have a security theater with it. You know what I mean? But I, and I think if anything else, like the theater probably does scare some of your less like zealous people from from doing it because they're like. Well, I'm going to get caught, you know? Is zealotous um, a word? Is it zealous or is it, is it zealotous when you're referring to a zealot? I think it's zealotous when oh, you're referring okay. to it. If it's yeah, not a word, it zealot. is now. I'm pretty sure that it's zealotous is a word. Because zealous, I think, is the, is the adjective. And zealotous would be like the adverb. Of, of zealots, yes. Yeah. Anyway. I do, I yeah, I do think, I think the theater discourages... Well, it discourages me. Like, if I ever had a thought of, of right. doing anything dastardly, like, I'm, I don't even, you, I think you're allowed to have, like, a blade under, like, three inches or something, like, a, like fingernail clippers, right. things like that. Like, I don't even try. Like, I. No, totally. I bought the the Gerber artifact without the X-Acto blade on it. I'm adding the Gerber artifact to our show notes because that's the coolest thing ever. No, not ever. I'm sure they're... Anyway, you'll see. Follow the link in the show notes. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, same with me. Although I like, I've never really, you know, I, I, um, I've, I've traveled with scissors before and sometimes like that has been confiscated, whatever, <laughs> which fine. But, um, the, the big thing with me is it's always been like, oh, well, I'm certainly not traveling with drugs through the airport. Um, although that is remarkably easy as well. From what I understand, I don't know. I've, 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 you want to, you want to hear a story? I do want to hear a this story. This was pre nine 11, but it was an international flight because I was going to Canada and I was like, this was the middle of my heroin addiction. And I didn't know if I would be able to score in, I think we were going to, I don't even remember. Um, but I wasn't sure I would be able to, to stay high. And so I spent a hundred dollars on, uh, like a bottle of just like every possible, uh, pill that a junkie could want, um, uppers and downers and relaxants and like unlabeled too. Like, I didn't even know what half the stuff was. It was the kind of like, take the blue one if you're feeling this. And like the guy that sold it to me gave me crazy instructions. Anyway, I didn't, I didn't know how much trouble I would get in for having pills that weren't in a bottle with my name on them. So I wrapped the whole thing up in saran wrap and put it, you know, where you would. Um, I'll just say it. I put it on my butt and (sighs) I went through customs with all that in my butt, went through the x-ray machine, scared shitless that I was going to get caught because I was paranoid anyway. I'm on drugs. I'm paranoid. And right. I, I made it. It was no problem. I have to say, having been through that experience, I do think it would be really easy to to get a fair amount of drugs through TSA. Yeah. Um, at this point, I've accidentally gone through, I think, with edibles before, which whatever. And, and that stuff like looks like any sort of other matter. So if it's not, you know, in. um, Like containers that outwardly say that they're drugs if they were to go through your stuff like you know it would be difficult but yeah i tend to think that you're right although there's a certain amount of profiling too right like i was paranoid because when i went to dubai i was coming from europe and i um because i flew from i think it was in amsterdam um but i might have been in stockholm no i was in stockholm so I, i went from like Stockholm to Dubai, I believe. And, um, or, or maybe it was Amsterdam and then Stockholm was later. Anyway, I I flew from like one place to another and I had my Dexedrine with me and I was like really concerned that they were going to like arrest me or do something to me for having a controlled substance in Dubai. And like, and I did all the research, but it's really unclear there in terms of like what you can bring in and what you can't. I had a doctor's note. I had like the prescriptions. Like I had like everything that I thought was was allowed. But I was also like severely freaked out that they were going to go through my medication or or whatever. So I I invoked the ultimate like protection, which is white privilege, <laughs> and I paid I don't know like two hundred dollars or something for the concierge service where they meet you at the plane. And then they take you in a golf cart to um, a waiting area where I like had a, a, a drink, non-alcoholic, because it was during um, Ramadan. <laughs> um, uh, 
watched some TV. Remember, this is when the first impeachment was happening. Someone went and got my bag for me. Then I had my own private, like, x-ray thing, which, because I was being hand-walked in by someone, I don't even know if they looked at the screen. Then I was taken to another lounge where I waited for my chauffeur, who then took me to my hotel. All because you were worried they would take your dexedrine away? I wasn't worried they'd take my dexedrine away. I was worried I'd get arrested for having dexedrine. <laughs> and then I'd That's be fair. in, like, and then I'd be in a Muslim country, like... That that was my concern. I was like, okay, if I can't have it, I can't have it. Fine, but, um, but the, but there was a very real concern because again, I was going from like one country to another. Like I didn't want to be without it for like two weeks. We we started talking about Trump and we got to like drug drugs and TSA in like one paragraph, basically. We did. You know why? Because I'm just ready to be done with him. Yeah. So here's the thing about that. Um, I am. I am allowing myself today to actually feel relief. Like I yeah. like I've always tempered like yeah, Trump's done, but he's not really going to go away. Here's the state of uh like the right and and uh and like white power and terrorism and none of this is going to change and I don't like Biden all that much. I don't have high hopes for the new administration, but I'm letting go of all that right now and just just feeling the relief that we're so close to just being done with Trump. I yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. And although, you know, I'm kind of I I've come around on Biden a lot just because I think that I don't know, I, th- I feel like it's what we need right now. We need somebody who is is competent and who um can hopefully get some stuff done, right? Like Well, yeah, I'll now, take anybody. now that we have the Senate, I do have hopes that maybe even we can push some more progressive legislation. I it'll be an uphill battle, but the possibility is at least there. No, totally, totally. And and um I don't know. I I get tired when like, like we do this on the left where we eat our own and I get it. I, I do. I, I understand the impulse, but I'm also at a certain point. I'm like, can we like not? Can we just celebrate the fact that, that this asshole is gone? I, yeah, I never really celebrated uh, Biden's victory to begin with for the aforementioned reasons. But tonight, tonight, I will have a, a, a fake beer and salute democracy working. Yes, seriously. Um, Although, you know, barely, again, because it almost didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) But like the 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 loops that democracy had to go through this year kind of gives me faith in the strength of our institutions that they could withstand an all out like onslaught of uh, basically attempts to undermine democracy. And our institutions withstood it. And that that I have a little more faith now than I actually did before we, you know, Trump. So, you know, plus side. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. I um, I think it's, it's, it's been sort of a relief that the system did work because I think, I mean, a, a lot of a lot of places look to us. Not just, you know, because not that we're the. I don't think we're the oldest democracy. I think there might be some that are older, but like we, you know, like if, 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 it, if our, if our experiment failed, like the way that our Republic works failed, 
like that would be a negative harbinger for democracy in general. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's a relief that, that, Again, knock on wood, like that hasn't happened. I, uh, if, if I watch a lot of um, socialist and along with all my anarchy, uh, atheist YouTube that I watch, I watch a lot of socialist stuff. And um, they always talk about uh, how U.S. is supposed to be like the shining, the paragon of democracy. And we don't actually live in a democracy. I mean, if anything, we're like we're run by corporations, people. It's not one vote, one person, one vote, and we don't really have the say that we think we do. Um, all that said, though, yeah, I'm still feeling pretty good about our democracy right now. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not it's not perfect, but it's it's better than most of the other systems. Um, and. Um, yeah, so. Mm. So uh, I, I did a I have a, a bot that I've probably mentioned before in our discord that tells us what our topics for the day are going to be. Mm-hmm. It's that little dice rolling app that I wrote a macro. No, for. I, yeah, I, I saw, I saw that. I saw that. And, uh, it were politics, religion, TV, and of course, Taylor Swift. Yes. I have a separate, I have a separate bot that tells me whether we have to talk about Taylor Swift or not. And, and I will, I will say I had it phrased so that it doesn't say we have to talk about Taylor it just says, sure, go ahead and talk about Taylor. So we have permission to talk about Taylor Swift. We'll, okay, excellent. We'll see if we get there. Well, we'll see if we get there. But uh, but we've covered politics. We got a little bit into religion. Do we want to do an ad uh, read before we, we talk more about um, religion? Yeah, we have three sponsors today. We should have talked about what order we were going to do them in. I think just go on the order on the list. Okay, that means it's your turn. Tell us all about ritual multivitamins. Yeah, so this episode is brought to you by Ritual. And you might be surprised to learn that multivitamins can contain sugars, synthetic fillers, artificial colorants, not to, men- not to mention animal byproducts like sheep's wool or gelatin from hooves and hides. But Ritual isn't your typical multivitamin. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly formula is made with key nutrients and forms your body can actually use without any shady extras because we only like shade in our music and our pop stars. We don't like it in our vitamins. And all of Ritual's nutrients come in a bioavailable forms that your body can actually use. It's non-GMO. It's gluten and allergen-free. It's really great. I really like the convenience of Ritual, and my vitamins show up at my doorstep every month, and all I have to do is pop two in the morning, and then I know that I've filled my nutrient gap in my diet. It's super, super convenient, especially for someone like me who has the palate of a five-year-old and doesn't always get my nutrients otherwise. Ritual multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll even refund your first order. You deserve to know what's in your multivitamin, and that's why Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash overtired to start your ritual today. That was an amazing read. Nice job. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Ritual. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to chalk it up to the vitamins. Yeah. For giving really, me a you're really yeah. on the ball. All right. So we can we can we have a couple other politics topics we could hit, but we have a long list today. Yeah, we do. So do you want to do TV or religion? 
Well, you were kind of talking about religion um, with the last thing. Yeah. It kind of came up a little bit. So maybe let's just finish on that and then we can go into TV. So here's my, here's my religion topic. And I'm, I'm going to talk about this because I know my mom doesn't listen to this show. Um, Absolutely. However, my mom and I are friends on Facebook. And uh, she posted a poster, a little, it's not a meme. It's like actually a picture of a poster that says, don't worry about tomorrow. God is already there. And I had to stop myself from commenting. I just wanted to say, is this the same God that invented COVID and the AIDS crisis? Is this the same God <sighs> that is responsible for infant mortality rates? And uh, I, it took a lot. Like I kept going back to it. I kept actually like loading up, like clicking in the comment field and then walking away like three times. I just, I don't, I, I, I guess I don't really want to have that conversation. No, no. Uh, it, to me, also, there, there's no point in making a comment like that. <laughs> It's not going to make you feel any better. It's not going to make her feel any better. You're not going to agree to it. It's just going to be a pithy, like, frankly, kind of shitty thing for you to say yeah. that, like, you'll be like, ha, 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 look at how much smarter I am than you. But, like, it's not going to change anything. So I think those are good things where I'm glad you bit your tongue. It's like, say it on the pod. See, I have tweet a filter. It. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, these are things that we can, like, you can always choose because I, I used to, especially when I was younger, I'm better about it now. Uh, although, I mean, I still get myself into trouble, but I'm significantly better about it now. Uh, people think I don't have a filter and I'm like, oh no, you have no idea like how much I'm actually keeping it. Like, you, you have I'm no clue. Saying. Exactly. But I think about it, I'm like, what's the value in this? And on Facebook, that's actually one of the reasons I'm not on Facebook a lot is I'm like, what am I adding to this discourse? Is anything actually going to like come from this? Um, I got sent apparently some hate uh, Instagram messages from people who were mad about me, um, like with the the Q cat guy. Yeah, and 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 some of them were invoking God, so this fits into both our religion and our politics segment. And it was so funny because I don't allow like I screen messages before anybody can kind of like send something to me, and so I obviously didn't approve this this message that came through, and I just kind of laughed at it. And I was like, I got like two of them, and I'm like. Why would you send this to a stranger? Like, you're going to seek me out on Instagram so that you can tell me that I'm a godless liberal heathen who knows nothing about technology or science. And I'm like, okay. Well, they're half um, right. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm like, yes, I'm, 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 I'm a godless heathen liberal. But like, also like, does this make you feel better? Like, what, what are you getting out of this? Ha ha ha. Like shows her. And I'm like, no, I, I, I don't really care. See, I feel like comments you know? like that actually come from a place of passion though. Uh, I mean, I think passion, but it's also, you can be passionate and still be stupid. Well, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, I'm not saying like there's any justification for saying it, but like making a snide comment as an atheist, uh, is just purely, um, uh, condescending. Whereas yeah. coming out and being truly angry at someone for stuff they posted and calling them ignorant and stupid, like that actually comes from more than just haughtiness. No, I would agree with that. Um, although, I mean, I think that there's, there's probably a certain amount of, of like 
if you actually were to comment, which you didn't, I think that there would be like something you could say, yeah, I was passionate about this and this angered me enough that I had to actually, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't have self restraint. Anyway, I'm glad you had restraint because. You know, the, the question, uh, can God make a boulder big enough that he can't lift it? Uh, it, it actually is part of a whole like, uh, logical fallacy analysis yes. and I really kind of want to pose it like not just academically I want to pose it to my parents because I'm curious how they they would say faith they 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 they, they would have faith I mean uh, that's the answer and and that's that's ultimately the thing right I think that's ultimately the thing that that separates people who believe in people who don't and I I grew up with faith and I grew up you know with people who have that and I haven't been able to excise all of it completely from my life. Like I, I, I'm agnostic, but I, I don't deny that there could be some greater being out there. For me, though, it, faith came down to a comfort thing. And you know, are are you getting something positive out of this or not? And for me, at a at a point in my life, and I, ironically, I think it was with sort of the boulder thing because I'd always believed it was like God will. I was always taught to believe, and I'd always believe like God will never give you more than you can handle. And when I was like 15 years old, I had more than I could handle. And, you know, it caused this very like emo, angsty, ennui, existential crisis of me where I ended up, you know, like not believing in organized religion and and going through various things between like, am I full on, you know, atheist or am I agnostic or, or where am I? And the analysis I've done with it, at least in my opinion, is that and how I've tried to explain it to my mom is, is I'm like, I don't find comfort in this. This doesn't give me what it's supposed to. Yeah. For a lot of people, I think that the faith gives them a comfort that there's something bigger out there. And that is worthwhile. And I don't discount anybody for doing that. But if you have that, no like logical explanation is ever going to um, right. Well, and I, I'm not suggesting that posing the question would change their mind, but the very like the basic idea is that if God uh, can create a boulder, if He can't create a boulder so heavy He can't lift it, then He's not all powerful. And if He can create a boulder he's so heavy He can't lift, but then He can't right, lift then he it, can't, then he's, then he's not. not he's, he's not right. I mean, and I think that what I don't know, I I don't know what people would say. I think because again, it's logical fallacy. I think you'd probably have people who would say he could, but he wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I I would. I just I'm curious. I'm curious what approach they would take. I've probably said this before, but it was, uh, it, I didn't like feeling bad about masturbating as a kid. Yeah, and that was oh, enough to make me start leaving the church like it just didn't make sense to me no i mean that makes well no i mean I, and i think that that makes sense right you you felt guilt about something that you didn't think you should feel guilty right. about and and so you evaluated like well should i stop this behavior that makes me feel good and that is natural and you know has all these other things or should i investigate like what is telling me that this is wrong yeah and and when you start asking those questions that becomes a lot deeper. And, and for me, like, and I was never somebody who was like all about, like, I'd always been aware of, um, a lot of the fallacies within like the Bible and, and other religious texts themselves, you know, because they, they were, they were written by man and 
And so, you know, it was kind of like taught that they're like imperfect. I, I wasn't raised in the sort of environment. See, I was where, raised like, as a Bible literalist. Right, totally. And and I was not. Uh, although I, I did go to school with some people who were like, you know, super Baptist, like Bible literalists. And, and those were people that even when I was, what I would consider very spiritual, you know, whatnot, I was like not into that. I was like, okay, like there's... There, there, there's faith, which I get. And then there's also just like straight up, you know, like ignoring like well, reality. Yeah, to take you know? the Bible literally is super easy to pick apart. Like it does not hold 100%. up. 100%. Uh, if, if you look no, at it, it as a bunch of parables and a bunch of kind of concepts, yeah, you can, you, can, you can explain it all the way with just faith. But if you're saying that Noah actually had, you know, dinosaurs on an ark. Right. And that the entire kingdom of Judah sprang up from one family that survived the flood. And then within like three generations, there were 10,000 of them. Like it's super easy to pull apart the the kind of facts of the stories. Um, No, totally. You can't take it literally. Well, no, I mean, and then, you know, the more you look into things about like what texts were omitted and changed right. and why they were and what the clergy did. And, and and I mean, and this is not just true of Christianity. This is true of Judaism. This is true of Islam. This is true of, um, you know, like um, uh, Hindu, like this is true of, of anything. And, and it's but the interesting thing is there are certain like historical facts that are there. Like there was a great flood, uh, you know, there like because every religion has like references to it. And and there had there were certain world events that happened, but it doesn't mean that everything that was written in those those books is is accurate, right? Like in church, they um, taught us it, there was geological evidence for a worldwide flood. That is in fact incorrect. Right? No, there wasn't a worldwide flood, but there was a great flood. Like, yeah, that that's like, I, th- I think at this point, I think they've they've historically proven that, and and I, I think that the fact that it exists in so many different texts that are even some sub stuff that isn't religious like it's proof that like it wasn't as all-encompassing as maybe it was made out to be but it was like a big event right like that was something that that was passed down that that has some basis like it didn't just appear out of thin air the whole you know arc thing no but the fact that there was you know that that seems like that's something that somebody came up with us as an explanation for how did we survive right. and why are exactly. the animals here? You know? Exactly. It's a story that was used to explain. Yeah. yeah. Did you know there was a gospel of Judas? I did. Did you know how weird it got? Uh, I don't remember. There was this whole, I can't remember the, uh, the kind of the name of the sect that uh, believed this, but it, it, it kind of laid out this idea that, uh, the God, the, the God Yahweh was actually one of several gods and he was kind of a, a bad, a bad God. And there was a, a, a God higher than him that could not be named. And, uh, uh, Judas, Jesus had actually been sent by the higher God to save people from Yahweh. And like, if I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing and trying to remember how this all went together, but there's actually a lot of kind of um, uh, th- things that actually made it into the Bible that seem to have come from this particular ideology, and uh, and things were changed uh, 
uh, Elo, Elo, Eloheim. Uh, like uh, there are there are references in the original uh, Jewish texts that actually are plural gods instead of just God. And the the shift from polytheism into monotheism was kind of half-assed in a lot of the biblical texts. Mm-hmm. It gets crazy. Uh, there's so many weird things going on that I, I would be hard-pressed to uh, put them all together intelligently. But if you ever want to go down a YouTube rabbit hole, look up, I look up like out. Dead Sea Scrolls. Look up the Gnostics. Oh, yeah, the Dead Sea Scrolls stuff is, the, yeah, I was going to say, uh, the the Gospel of Judas, according to Wikipedia, is a Gnostic yeah. gospel. Um, but uh, an English translation was published in 2006, um, and it was um, unveiled by um, a team at uh, Vanderbilt University's Divinity School, which, that's interesting to me, because a lot of times, like, the Dead Sea Scrolls and some of this stuff comes from people who, let's just say, have, like, less credibility in religious studies. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I would say that, that Vanderbilt's, you know, divinity school has credibility. So that's interesting to me that, that um, they were, you know, like responsible for unveiling the work. Yeah. At least according to this, that's interesting. I mean, a, a lot of that stuff, you could unveil it in a very uh, academic way. I mean, you're talking about we're, like, yes. we're, we're revealing and, and then, what one sect of Christianity believed. Yeah. No, no. Exactly. And, and, and that's what I'm talking about. I'm just saying like some of the stuff, like obviously the Dead Sea Scrolls and stuff like that exists, but it becomes co-opted by like conspiracy theorist sure. type things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas this has some academic basis, um, which, which is interesting Man, to have me. Have you ever followed the uh, Taylor Swift Illuminati memes? I have. Oh my God. That's I a have. rabbit hole. That is a rabbit hole. Although I think the bigger one is Beyonce and the Illuminati. Oh, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, she's like she's she's like the center of it, honestly. Uh, and then her whole thing too is like there was the whole like the thing that she wasn't actually pregnant with Blue Ivy was part of it. Or there's there's a lot. Wow. If you look at Beyonce Illuminati, it's a lot. See, I was trying to work Taylor Swift in early for you. I know you were. I know you were, and that was that was good. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the, I think the Taylor Swift Illuminati thing. There was a thing for a while with her where. Um, like she didn't show her belly button for a while, but then that d- didn't cease to be true. And so people were like, oh, she doesn't show her belly button. And so that's because really there's some sort of portal to something, you know, mm-hmm. like her, she's hiding some sort of lizard stuff. Makes about as much sense but as QAnon. Yeah. Completely. Um, I'm going to link, uh, put, a, put a link in here to the bizarre Beyonce conspiracy theory explained from Forbes. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what Forbes does now. Uh, is this episode going um, really well or really horribly? I can't even tell. I think it's going really well. I think it's going really well. Also, you ha- we had on there the the my pillow guy, which good stuff. And um, I noticed on Twitter that my pillow has been dropped <laughs> from uh, Wayfair, Coles, and Bed Bath and Beyond have severed ties with my pillow CEO Mike Lindell because of his ties to President Trump, including recent comments about a stolen election and suggestions of martial yeah, law. Yeah, that was that was kind of a big deal. And then Dominion Voting Machines is suing him for, I assume, libel. Yep. Yeah, no, totally. And and the thing is, like, libel cases are pretty hard to win in the United States. Uh, I think this is going to be pretty easy. And it's interesting, too, that news organizations, uh, primarily Fox, but also OAN and I think Newsmax, have had to 
issue updates and corrections yeah. of sort on the air to prevent being sued, which is really notable. Because the thing is, is like, okay, you can go after this this Mike Lindell uh, guy or whatever, because fine. Um, you know, he's got a lot of money, but he probably doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have like the resources of, of, a um, a news corp, right. Um, or, or Fox News, whatever the hell they're called now, since they split off, like he does, he doesn't have Murdoch money is yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. Um, but when you're a news organization and you have to make a correction like that to escape a libel suit, that's really telling, like, that's really telling Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, that, that like, you're like, yeah, we're going to lose this, this defamation lawsuit. It's like, okay, cool. Um, fuck that guy, man. Like, honestly, I don't, I don't understand. I, yeah, yeah. This has been this administration and the people they have brought into the forefront of our consciousness. It's been appalling. And like, I can't believe some of these people were ever given a microphone at all. Like they don't stand yeah. up to any test of intelligence no, of course not. or or coherence. No. No, I mean they're sycophants and and they're yes men and and they're weak, right? I mean, these are the people Trump talked about the best and brightest, but obviously that's a lie. <laughs> because the best and the brightest have never accepted him. That's been his whole grift the whole time, yeah. right? Like the only person in his family who for a brief period of time was able to achieve like mainstream acceptability amongst Ivanka. the actual elites was Ivanka, yeah. right? And she's blown oh, that. Totally. She's um, burnt all but, her but political she, capital. She's completely. Um, although people want her to run, which is scary, but I also don't think that'll happen. But like pe- people are saying like they want her to run for uh, against Rubio yeah. um, in, in Florida. Um, I don't think she has any desire to do that. I think that she is regretting like being an enabler to her dad and and like and i'm not saying that like she should have you know like completely disassociated with her father because like that's difficult i mean even reagan's kids who like did not agree with him at all were at least you know i mean he's their dad right like i think that 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 um michael reagan was was you know a, a might have actively protested against some of his father's policies, but it wasn't like he was going on TV, like shitting on his yeah. father. Right. Like I-, I can understand that. However, um, like when you become an enabler and you become complicit with it, you can't come back from that. But the irony I was, I was going to say though, is like, he always was, he was from Queens, right? He wasn't even from like the good, like boroughs. <laughs> he was from Queens and his dad had money, but it was new money and he wasn't accepted by the nouveau riche and they didn't like him. And, and he was somebody who kind of, you know, bought his way into being in the room with some people who were powerful, but were also usually like new money grifters, like the actual social elites, like the people that, you know, you and I will never associate with, but like that exists out there, like the Vanderbilts and, you know, like, they, like frankly, like the Anderson Coopers of the world, right? Like we'd never touch him. And that's the thing. So who is he going to have as his hangers on? Because the actual powerful people, they might pony up to him and try to see if they can curry some favor because that's what you do. But the people who are actually going to be like, the zealotous like fans of his are going to be people who've somehow managed to make money in some ways, but don't have any respectability or, you know, like 
like, like or these people who, as you said, like should never have been given the time of day. And because they're the ones who were really looking at him, they're like, oh yeah, he's great. And everybody else is like, no, he's like a low class loser whose dad happened to have a lot of money. Like who cares? You know, like he, he, he's a guy that was like doing ads for Pizza Hut and like licensed his name to steak sold at freaking Sharper Image. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. which he's a, he's a uh, which fake. continues he's a phony, to be... and everyone who's anyone knows that. So he gets yes, lawyers exactly. that believe that Hugo Chavez is orchestrating precisely. <laughs> right, and and and, the, and the, the Italy is somehow doing this. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I, Italy wishes that they were smart enough <laughs> to be able to co-opt this election. Italy has bigger economic and other problems right now. It's like, yes, it, this is what Italy is doing. Italy, known place of, of masterminds of computer intelligence, Italy. Like, and I'm not shitting on Italy here. I'm just saying like, that that's not how this works. You know what I mean? It's like, hmm, what what country would be involved potentially in trying to have influence on a U.S. election? Is it a, a democratic uh, country um, in, you know, uh, uh, Europe that has some financial, you know, problems oh, and wait, concerns wait. I know and some this. other things. It's, it's, um, it's Russia. Exactly. I was going to say, is, 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 it, is it, you know, maybe kind of Mediterranean place or is it like a place where, you know, you have very smart people who have a propensity for espionage who also have you know, massive ties to, you know, computer forensics and and that sort of thing. Like, and the two places that you really, well, I guess three really would be kind of like the Russian area, Ukraine, things like that. And, um, you know, parts of Asia, like so, so China, um, uh, Korea a, a bit, like those are going to be your main targets of, of where you would actually have both governments and, and, and frankly, the United States, right? Like we, we could certainly do it to another country. But like those are going to be your areas where I mean I guess suppose anything's possible. But if you're talking about a, sp- a state-sponsored action, like I think anybody who lives in a lot of European countries, and again, I would much rather live in Europe than the United States right now. But I don't think anybody's looking at that being like, yeah, our our um, state is completely capable of interfering in an election happening in the United States by breaking into voting machines using you know, zero day things and other methods to get into air gapped uh, systems so that we can um, transparently alter the results without any evidence actually existing and with the paper counts aligning with with what our data says. Like, to be fair, come on, to be fair, uh, Russia's 2016 interference was not a direct hack of the voting system, but rather. No, it wasn't uh, a, a public opinion campaign yes. if you will which well, well, exactly a lot, of, com- which, a lot which, of countries could pull off india could pull it off but they could uh india yeah i mean all you really well, need is a server off. farm full of trolls and there's plenty no of- here's the thing india here's the thing i think india could pull it off in india i don't think india could pull it off in america yeah well america can't even pull it off in america no, I agree. But but yet Russia and Macedonia, frankly, it wasn't really Russia. A lot of it came from Macedonia and other things. I mean, the thing is, is that like you have to find out, like, is there is there money involved? Um, but yeah, no, I mean, R- Russia did the disinformation campaigns, which is the again, I think, proves the the fallacy of all of this. Like these, the voting machines were, were, were um, you know, hacked method. It's like, OK, you're talking about 
where some of your most elite, like cyber forensic experts would be. And they opted not to hack these machines. If it were so easy to hack them, why wouldn't they hack them? Instead, they opted to do what would arguably be more difficult and certainly take longer and a lot more effort, which is to do the disinformation campaign, yeah. right? Like, yet, yet that's the vector. So to me, that just says, okay, that was the one that they termed more viable if they wanted to interfere rather than hacking machines themselves. And I'm not even in favor of electronic voting machines. Like, I, I have a lot of issues with them. Um, I, I'm not opposed to, you know, obviously using computers to count. We've done that for before actual computers as we know them even existed. I mean, that's like literally I think the whole point of a computer is, is to help count and, and collate <laughs> right. things. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. literally, it's in the name. Uh, <laughs> compute. <laughs> it just occurred to me. But... Uh, so, so like, I'm, I'm, I'm all about having like discussions about some of these systems, and certainly there have been very insecure local voting systems. I'm not talking about the voting machines themselves, but I'm talking about the registration things and some other stuff that have given many of us who uh, are on the left like pause for concern. The one thing that does bother me is that in our like fervor to defend the results of the election, which I think is important, I don't want it to turn into a referendum being like, oh yes. All of these, um, you know, electronic voting machines are completely like above reproach and we shouldn't be looking at any of the security issues or, or any of the stuff oh, involved man. in that at did all. You, because did you read Wired's article uh, over the summer on uh, like the future of voting machines? I, yeah, like I did. They, they, they ran uh, hackathons at like DEFCON and came yep. up with like uh, blockchain based voting systems that like sound really good, really cool and truly beyond reproach. I would love to see something like that happen. No, I agree with you. And and I think I, I think the 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 challenge for me and and this is I mean I don't know how you solve it because it is one of those things that blockchain might actually be the way to do it. Um but the the challenge is that you want, understandably, you need to have, you know, a certain amount of, of um, uh, secrecy involved in some of the coding and whatnot, but it also becomes a black box. And when you can't investigate the stuff itself, I think that becomes a problem. And I don't know, my, my, my personal fear has always been, and this is, this is just like me being honest, it's not so much that I don't have faith that um, the machines could be secured and that people couldn't look into the systems and like determine whether there are flaws or not. Where I lack the faith is that anyone in our government has those skills. Sure. Like, like I feel like people in, in private um, industry could certainly do that. Those people usually aren't going to be, um, I mean, maybe you could have a really expensive government contract to, to do that, but like yeah, but people you, who work in government, especially state and local governments, like don't have the skills and you can't afford to hire the people well, and also with those skills to investigate that stuff. In a case like that, you need true impartiality and hiring an outside company, like that would take some, if you were going to convince, because a lot of it is about convincing people not not the technical aspect of it but the to convince people that it's it's trustworthy because people who people on the other side couldn't have couldn't have made this change couldn't have affected it exactly the other side the others yeah right so uh we, 
man, we've hit politics hard, but according to the rules, we still have to hit TV. Yeah, we sure do. Um, let's let's do another uh, sponsor read. Oh, geez, yeah. Let's talk about Headspace. Ten minutes of your day can make a world of difference in your life. We all know the benefits of taking time to work on your physical self, but how about focusing on your mental self this year? Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace meditations start at just one minute each, and they even have a set of walking meditations, so they're easy to fit into even the busiest of schedules. Headspace is proven to help you feel better. Their approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. And you don't have to be a guru. Headspace is great for all levels of meditators, whether you've tried it before or you're just a beginner who's curious or intimidated by it. I used to think that my mind was too busy to meditate. I thought that someone with uh, ADHD and crazy manic episodes couldn't be still enough to do it. And uh, I learned that it was uh, that I'm exactly the kind of person who could benefit from meditation. You don't have to be a guru. You just have to learn how. And Headspace is excellent for both getting started and continuing your meditation practice. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash overtired. That's headspace.com slash overtired for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal you'll find right now, so head to headspace.com slash overtired today. Nailed it. Nailed it. Love Headspace. So we can make TV fast. Yeah, totally. Have you, so uh, Have you seen, talk, talk, have talk you to- seen um, uh, History of Swearing? I have not. Uh, that's the one with uh, Nikki Glasser and... Um, well, it's got a panel, uh, but it's hosted, Offerman, right? it's hosted by Nicolas Cage. Uh, oh, interesting. Both of those people. Okay. Do, it's, it's like a panel show the way like uh, uh, worst president ever that I can't think of another example. But yeah, there's one host and then they kind of do like uh, confessional style interviews with with different people. Um, Neat. I've only watched the first one. It was about the F word. And um, I came away with one interesting tidbit. Uh, guess which actor which uh, movie actor has the record for the most F-bombs? Al Pacino? You would think Al Pacino. You might think Samuel Jackson. Yep. It's Jonah Hill. (sighs) Due in large part to The Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, I was going to say that would probably be it, but that's still so interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. (laughs) It was quite the revelation. Oh, okay. Although you know what, this makes sense though, because it's from a Scorsese film. So okay, at least at least at least that is why. Even without that, it's, though, it's, he says fuck a lot. Totally, totally. But if it was Wolf of Wall Street that put him over, then that's a Scorsese film. So, uh, <laughs> but he does say fuck a lot. So, well done, Jonah Hill. Huh? <laughs> There's your badge of honor. But uh, but yeah. this, I'm I'm gonna watch more episodes. It was it's basically. 
you, you don't learn a lot other than trivia, uh, but they do go into like, like people, there's all these mythologies around uh, the origin of, of the word fuck. And mm-hmm. um, like the whole thing about it being uh, fornication under the consent of the king or for unlawful carnal knowledge, like none of that is true. And it goes through like the first times it appeared in writing and its origins and all of that. It's, it's, it's fun. I, it, it, we like to swear. I thought maybe, uh, maybe you'd be into it. Oh, I definitely into it. And I'm, I'm, I, I'm now going to watch this because I was clearly wrong. But when I was in ninth grade, I dropped something on my foot. And I exclaimed fuck in class and uh, uh, Miss uh, Westaway was was very, or Westbrook, whatever the fuck her name was, she sucked. She was not pleased and she made me write a report on it. And what my report basically showed was that it had been used for, you know, hundreds of years and basically meant the same thing that like we used it for, which I guess is not true. But that was what my research at the time, this is before Wikipedia and before, you know, lots of things were available on the internet. So I was just going off of what I could find in the library. Um, and, and I certainly wasn't going through like, you know, a lot of linguistic books and whatnot because it was a punishment. So that's interesting. The first time I said uh, fuck, I was like, I'm probably five and I had never yeah, heard the word. I just had a, a penchant for replacing letters and just saying words in funny ways. And I was saying uh-huh. shucks, but with an F. And I was just walking around the house going, ah, fucks. And <laughs> I got my mouth washed out with soap and I had no idea what I was doing wrong. You're like, why? What happened? I was just um, playing no. with phonetics. Yeah. Um, I think my older sister taught me pretty sure yeah i was the oldest i i i I had to learn from friends you know that's usually what happens though right is like you know this like one of the rite of passages is that like older kids like teach younger kids all the bad words yeah yeah i didn't teach my like my house was so religious that like i didn't actually say real swear words until probably middle school yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I would say like a hole and f u, but that was about as far as it went. I mean, I would probably. I mean, I thought stuff, and I might say like ass or whatever. I might have said shit, but certainly not around my parents. I didn't take the Lord's name in vain until like high school. Hmm. I don't. Like I said, gosh, I didn't say oh my god until I was like. Yeah, no, 15. probably same. Probably same. I don't even remember the first time I said god damn it, but I do remember feeling. Uh, like I was going yeah. to be sm- smote, like lightning was going to strike me. Right. Yeah. 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 No, for me, it was always one of those things. It was like, that was, was the worst. And then I was like, oh my God, like it's funny because I, I went from never saying God and like a lot of my friends did and, and I said, gosh, and, and then to, <laughs> to not, I had this, I had this friend in, in college who he refused to curse and he like saw it as some sort of like moral support superiority thing. But yet he would use other words in its place. And I'm like, and I would be like, what the fuck is your issue, dude? Like, if you don't want to curse, that's fine. But if you're literally just finding a way to get out of using the word, how is that any better? Like, honestly. Yeah, if, if it's you a don't word. believe in gosh, you go to heck. Right. Um. Like, it will be the, the thing that always would get me is that he would like, you know, asterisk the words in conversations. And I'm like, okay. If you're doing that, 
like you're using the word. You're just like it's just either use a different term for it or don't use the damn asterisk. Like what the hell? <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, so so I'll put that on my list. Um, we wanted to talk about Peacock because you are now a Peacock subscriber. Yeah, so I I paid for it, but then found out that if I had an Xfinity login, I could get it for free. So yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to stop paying for it and get that switched over. But what's confusing me, like I, as, as, as has been mentioned, I was in the middle of going through the office for the third time. And mm-hmm. all of the sudden, the office wasn't on Netflix anymore. And right. I wasn't going to like stop watching the office. So I had to get Peacock. Absolutely not. But I thought all summer they were like the commercial said free. Peacock mm-hmm. was going to be a free streaming service from NBC, and it clearly is not. So what's the deal with Peacock? Okay, so some of it is free, and the stuff that's free is, some of it is, like, currently airing shows that might be new episodes. It'd basically be similar to stuff that what they've had on Hulu, and then some of, like, the older reruns of stuff. But then they have the four ninety nine tier which is where they are. They have like the, the new Save by the Bell. That's where that is. You, oh, you have it now. So you can watch Save by the Bell because I actually want to talk about Save by the Bell. It's good. I'm I, sorry, I, but I, it's really good. I, you, you, I'm, I'm pretty close to giving it a try. I, I, I'm just saying like it, watch a couple of episodes because it's way better than you would ever expect it to be. It's way better than it deserves. Anyway, I've gone on that rant before. So yeah, so you have like, um, you know, some of those original series that are exclusives and then because they got the office back because it's an nbc universal show um and it was the most popular show on all of netflix uh they i think originally the plan was it was going to be free and instead they're like oh seasons one and two are free but i think that the the money people over at comcast were like yeah you know what Let's just charge people for this because it's a good move. if this was, I mean, that's it's it is the a good move. I mean, it's smart. Point of the app, really. Honestly, it is, and it, but it, but it, yeah, if you have um a Cox or Xfinity, then you get it for um free, and then you can pay five dollars a month to get the ad free option. And I originally was not going to do the ad free option, um, and then it took me, I think, all of five minutes. I was like watching a movie <laughs> and. I will say this. I think that the way that they do ads with movies was really good. Like they front load them. And so they're not interrupting your movie for you, which is great. And I really appreciate sure. that. But I was, I was trying to watch something and it was going to be like three minutes worth of stuff. And I was like 30 seconds in and I was like, my ADHD has been ruined by commercial free stuff. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm paying the $5. So that's, um, that's what I did. But uh, because I already have the um, the Xfinity, um, but if you um, if you don't have um, Xfinity or whatever, and you don't want to pay ten dollars a month, which I, I agree is kind of expensive, then uh, I I think that you know the five dollar thing is is fine. The other thing you get with um, the the Premium Plus, which is like the ad free thing, is they will let you do select titles offline on mobile. Mm which I guess fine. But the bigger thing for me, this is what's frustrating. The app is pretty bad. Like the iOS app doesn't have background play. It doesn't have picture in picture. Like it lacks some things that 
I would think would be pretty basic. And what's frustrating to me about this, and like Hulu doesn't have background play picture in picture anymore either, which is really annoying. But the NBC app has those things. The Xfinity <laughs> app has those things. So that's what pisses me off. I'm like, okay, you have an app that like lacks some features, has some questionable design choices, even though I think the content is actually really strong. I think the design choice is really poor. But yet your company has not one, not two, but like multiple apps that have these features that you don't have in this one, which is like your big flagship. It's it's not that you can't, it's that you won't. Right. It's like that you clearly had another team doing this shit. And I'm like, oh, what are you doing? You know? Um, no, I, I, I think it's, I think it's good. I actually think in terms of their content selection, like I think HBO max is the best in terms of content selection, even though it has the worst name and <laughs> is the most confusing totally. of all of them because of the name. I think that HBO max is like the strongest content library, but I actually think, uh, the, that, um, Peacock has a really good library of both movies and, um, TV shows. It's kind HBO max is kind of like, um, tofu. You ever buy tofu? No. Like tofu, when you go to the grocery store, there may exist like regular tofu, but at most grocery stores, it starts with firm tofu. And then there's extra firm tofu. And then there's like super extra firm tofu. And it makes you wonder why they didn't just start the scale at tofu. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I uh, to me the biggest the biggest problem with with HBO Max is the name. They clearly wanted to leverage the HBO brand, which makes sense, but it's now shifted to this other thing. And and what everybody said, which is why, um, um, the the guy who um um uh ran HBO for years left. Um, um, what's uh, what's his I face? Have no uh, idea. Greenblatt. Anyway, the guy who'd been in charge of um, HBO forever um, resigned not long after AT&T bought them, Richard Plepler, because uh, he he didn't agree with some of the restructuring and he didn't agree with John Stakey, who is now the CEO of, I think, all of AT&T, but he had been in charge of Warner Media or whatever, basically was like, oh, we can make more money out of this. Like there was this all hands meeting and and he was sort of congratulating the HBO people on how great of a job they've done. And, and like the fucked up thing here is that literally AT&T bought Time Warner for HBO. Like HBO represented some astronomical percentage of the profit of, of a Time Warner as an entire entity. Like it, it was ridiculous. And it also had this huge inequality thing and whatnot. And he was like, okay, but we can do more. And now we got to pay off this, you know, $87 billion we just paid. And, and, and the employees are rightfully like, well, you don't have the money to buy us. And we were already making bank. Like, why are you trying to change our business model? And he's like, well, we can do more. But the, the fear that, that um, um, a Plepler had was that they would dilute the HBO brand. And that's exactly what they're doing, which is a shame because I think the service is just really good, but the name is terrible. It's confusing as all get out to people because people don't even know, like, it's so dumb. They had this weird add-on percentage thing. Like, they show, like, how many HBO subscribers have converted to HBO Max. And the number of people who have HBO Max but don't even know they have HBO Max is, like, staggering. (laughs) But anyway, back to Peacock. Um, I I, I don't know. I think they actually have a pretty good library. Uh, I just wish that they... Uh, their app was better designed. Well, now that I I have it, and for the time being, I'm paying for it. I'll have to explore the library a little bit. It's kind of like yeah, I you definitely stop paying for CBS now that Discovery's done. 
and and yeah. just pay for Peacock. Yeah, um, I, uh, I I pay way too much money for my cell phone bill from Verizon, and they added some new plan where apparently now I get the entire Disney like tr- uh, plus like triple play, so Disney, Hulu, ESPN, and the new Discovery Plus for free. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I mean, it's not for free because clearly I'm paying, you know, like $200 a month for my cell phone um, when I don't go anywhere. So, <laughs> you know, the the joke is ultimately on me, but um, I am at least getting like feeling slightly better. I'm like, oh, OK, I can get some of these services, um, you know, paid for. But that's the only one I haven't tried yet. And and the only reason I haven't tried the the Discovery Plus service, which just launched, is because I didn't want to outlay the cost for it when I was going to get it for free. And I had to switch my cell phone plan to get the free thing, even though it's the same price as what my old plan was. It has a different name and it wouldn't start until my next billing cycle. Yeah. So I'll try that in like a week. Do you want to talk about computer stuff? Let's talk about computer stuff. Let's start with a actually, great computer app. Yes. Uh, our, our third sponsor today is PDF Pen from Smile Software. And if you're searching for a powerful PDF editing tool for your Mac, iPad, or iPhone, look no further than PDF Pen. Whether you're on the road or at your desk, need advanced editing features, or you just want to sign an email back a contract, PDF Pen has you covered. The ultimate tool for editing PDFs on the Mac now includes even more powerful features like page label support and multiple formats for documents. And pro users can go a step further with the ability to add or edit page labels. And that's in addition to the great features already available in PDF Pen, like a magnifier window to zoom in on a document, customizable compression settings, stationary with new paper colors for custom page designs. PDF Pen, PDF Pen Pro, and PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone all work together for seamless editing across devices uh, when used with Dropbox or iCloud. So, Learn more about PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro and how they can help you with all your PDF needs at smilesoftware.com slash podcast. Check them out. And yeah, I just want to give a, a quick uh, shout out PDF Pen. If you have ever, like, especially if you're, you know, on a Mac, but it's great on iOS too, and you need to do some heavier editing or creation of PDF documents, but um, like, preview is just not going to cut it but you don't want to jump into the hellscape that is acrobat it's awesome i um i don't deal with pdfs as much as i used to i primarily deal with word documents now but i used to deal with <laughs> word with uh, pdfs a ton and pdf pen has been a lifesaver for me on multiple occasions especially when going through like when i used to go through like hundreds of pages of court documents and um needing to uh, maybe like use ocr on certain stuff like uh, because of how it's been scanned in or whatever. It's really good. So there you go. PDF pen at smilesoftware.com slash podcast. All right. So I want to, I'm not going to try to hit even half of the stuff that I threw in under our little computer section, but I do want to mention that I got carabiner working. Uh, I had to disable system integrity protection. Yeah. You, you, you had to turn off SIP. And, um, that is not ideal. Like as a developer, I don't like to have it turned off because I need to know right. how my, you need to know how your users are right, using Exactly. Stuff. Exactly. So it's annoying to me that I have to run it with it turned off, but the latest beta, 
that came out last week still didn't fix the carabiner issue. And carabiner's been completely rewritten to conform with like the Mac OS requirements. So this is really frustrating. We filed uh, a dozen uh, feedback reports and I, I don't know what's going to happen there, but that's really frustrating. I have my hyper key for now. So I am a little less frustrated every time I use my Mac. Yeah, I was going to say, and the frustrating thing is, is that with some apps, like I have some apps that you have to disable um, uh, system integrity production to use, but like I can have like a command line flag to like turn it on or off when I need to use the app. But with an app like um, a Carabiner, like it's your super key. So you always have it running. So it's not really an option yeah. for you to, you know, like selectively have it, you know, working or not. Yeah. Also, that's annoying. You know, I was, I was complaining that uh, I couldn't script uh, do not disturb in Big Sur. Yes. I found it. Yes. Like in, Did you blog it? Um, no, I, I used it in a proprietary application. Um, what, no, but I, I can link. There's a way to do it from the command line that I'll throw a link to the gist in. But basically, like it used to be stored as a simple Boolean in, uh, in a, a system preferences. And you could just access it with the defaults command. In Big Sur, it's stored in a plist, stored as a data object in a plist, and you can't easily directly access the Boolean value from the command line. But you can overwrite the entire plist key with, uh, like, basically the the blob that the data would create uh, if you ran it through like PLUtil. Anyway, to, to, to make that intelligible, you can, with a defaults command, turn uh, do not disturb on and off in Big Sur, and we found it. So if you're wondering how to use your, in your command line application, how to do that, just uh, check the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I realize you use it in a proprietary, um, uh, you know, like application. However, uh, I do think that you should like write something up about it. Well, I do, just in case other people could use it. Yeah, I'll, I'll link it. I mentioned like I've been putting a lot of work into Bunch, one of my apps. And yes. uh, it has it has the ability to turn do not disturb on and off that had been broken. That that's actually that's what I was thinking. I was like, was this a bunch thing? Yeah. Because I could see this being like used with with bunch. And I noticed that bunch. I'm looking at your blog right now. Like you have like interactive bunches yeah. and like some other updates. Like like a uh, no, you weren't manic last week. You were um, manic like week before last. Week. I, but where did I all like, this energy for for bunch I had come? One day of mania. But in short, my my new meds are working really well. Fantastic. I was going to ask, we didn't even do a, a, a mental health corner update. We like, we're doing it at the very end of the show instead of the beginning, but, um, what were you on? You're on the focal yeah. end, right? Yeah. So the focal end's doing yeah, good stuff for you. I've, I've, I've evened out on it. I'm not getting crazy, uh, ramp up, uh, heart flutters and stuff like that. Um, That's and good. I'm just, I'm able to work all day and it's, yeah, I'm getting a lot done. Amazing. Um, uh, I'll, I'm going to talk more about this in, in depth in the weeks to come because we're like out of time. But I, um, which one, what was I going to say? I, uh, la, 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 la. I'm building a gaming PC. I finally decided <laughs> to do it. Are you going to have a cool RGB keyboard on it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And the case. I spent so much money on fans. 
Um, <laughs> I still don't have the CPU. <sighs> That's going to be the hardest thing to get. So what happened was um, it's been impossible to get parts. I don't know if you've been following any of this or not, but like everybody is building computers. Sure. Everybody. It's like trying to get a so web DIY right mar- now. Exactly. Although I think that's finally evened out, but like, you know, power supplies, motherboards, sure. uh, the new processor chips. And then what makes it worse is that they came out with new GPUs, both NVIDIA and AMD. And then AMD also released new um, CPUs. So the the demand is just crazy. And for the graphics cards, especially, it's been like impossible to get a graphics card. Like if you want a 3000 series NVIDIA card, like the scalpers are having a field day and I refuse to pay scalper prices. I just won't do it. Although I did buy a stupid bundle from Newegg with a $130 power supply that I don't want. So I'm going to try to sell that for a hundred bucks. So I, I did get scalped, but it's worth it. But I, I, what wound up happening is that I was, I was going to put it off. I was like, I'm not going to bother. And then last week um, I was able to get in and I was able to order a 3080 card um, from Newegg. And it, it wasn't just any card. It was like the exact card I wanted because uh, I want to make my build be like as white as possible and be really pretty. So, so that's what I'm doing. Um, it, it, it'll be probably at least another month before I have everything together, but um, I'm in the process of, of doing that right now, which uh, I'm excited about, to be honest. I haven't built a PC in so long. So I haven't built a PC that'll... in almost 30 years. No. Yeah, 25. it's so much easier now than it used. It's so much easier now than it used to be. Like even since the last time I did it, like there used to be a, a bunch of shit you'd have to do to your motherboard, and like now it's literally just plug and play, and uh, which makes it better and more accessible for people. Um, and uh, I'm sure some people probably lament the fact that it literally is like plug and play, but for <laughs> me, I'm like, oh, good, I don't have to deal with you know, um, like. Uh, pins, uh, shorting pins on, on my motherboard yeah. to get things to to work the way that I need it to. So, yeah. Well, good luck with that. Thank you, thank you. Uh, fingers crossed that I'll find a fifty nine hundred X. That's that's what my next big thing I'm looking for is. But uh, I I understand that uh, um, I might have to settle for something like less substantial and then buy it later. We'll see. But anyway, if, if I had um, any way to help you, I would. I know you would, which is sweet of you. Um, but uh, congrats on all of your um, app updates. Hey, thanks. Um, I want to next next week maybe. I I, I want to just uh, unload about Bunch. It has gotten so many new features recently that I feel like I feel like a I should make it a commercial application. But I agree. Uh, we can talk about why I'm not. Uh, but. But B, I, I feel like everyone should be, uh, everyone who knows how to edit a text file and wants to automate anything really should be using it. No, I agree with you. And it's interesting because I was actually thinking of Bunch because I've been doing more stuff with my stream deck. Yeah. I like to, to script that, to, to do stuff with like uh, uh, Teams calls and stuff. And I was like, yeah, it, it, Bunch uh, is in many ways kind of like the software like version of a stream deck. Mm-hmm. Well, and I I have a whole panel on my stream deck that just calls different bunch. Oh, shit. You want to know something really funny? What's that? I thought I was pressing the button on my stream deck that would load up my page full of bunches, but I forgot I was in (sighs) 
I was in the the podcast ah. profile, so ah. the bunch key actually re- ran the podcast bunch, but it was already running, so uh-huh. it quit so it, all of my podcasting apps. Hilarious. No, I figured it was something like that because I was, at first I thought it was my thing. I was like, did I just hit the in call button? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, it's perfect timing because we're almost out of, we're, we're out of time anyway, so. Oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to, I'll cut some space out of that, but I'm totally leaving that in. The, no, you the totally should. of stream decks and and bunches. No, that's hilarious that literally we're talking about it. You hit the button and ruined it. But no, I want to talk more about bunch uh, next week. And I'm also, uh, thank you for reminding me, I, I said that I would create a, a GitHub, an awesome stream deck um, repo on GitHub. And I'm going to uh, like right now so yeah. that, um, and I'll put a link to some of your stuff there, but I, I want to, Obviously, PR is welcome. I want to like have that be a repository, hopefully, of cool stuff people awesome. are doing with Stream Deck. Awesome. All right. Well, great talking to you, Christina. Great talking with you, Brett. Happy last day of uh, hell. And uh, knock on wood that that things will uh, things are going to be safe tomorrow. And um, hope everybody out there listening is having a good time too. Uh, I will be celebrating by just like listening to Taylor Swift, I think, on a loopsie, bringing Taylor into it. Twice now. Twice now, exactly. All right. Well, I'll see you in a, in a new administration. See you in a new administration. Get some sleep, Brett. Get some sleep. The system is going down low.